Peace, fam. This is your brother Mustafa Abdul Muhammad with the My Walk with Farrakhan podcast, where we talk about self improvement, becoming one with God, and finding our divine purpose. This is yet another edition of the series of subjects that we have been addressing thus far. This is part three of a subject of why I celebrate Christmas, why I celebrate Christ, but I do not celebrate Christmas. Excuse me. And on this part, we want to go a little bit further into why I celebrate Christ, but do not celebrate Christmas. There's no contradiction or hypocrisy in myself in making that statement because I can celebrate Christ, love Christ, walk with Christ, but I will not participate in a man-made modern celebration which uses Jesus' name, but generates billions of dollars for the rich and the rich alone. So on this episode of the series of Why I Celebrate Christ, but not Christmas, I want to just touch on some historical incidents from more modern times. Did you know that in 1963, a church was bombed in Birmingham, Alabama, and four little black girls were murdered from a racist bombing a black church in Birmingham, Alabama. And this was a common occurrence at that time where they would bomb our churches, bomb our organization buildings, and burn our homes and just give pure hell and misery to black people in America. But this church was bombed by racists in 1963 in Birmingham, Alabama. And I was blessed to visit the church which was rebuilt um, and visit that area about 15 years or so ago. And I got pictures of me at the church and at the site. And it's just something to take in to know the history that we were hated so much just for being black, that another person would bomb a church, which is supposed to be a sanctuary and a house for the remembrance of God, that a person would be so filled with hate for the color of our skin and the origin of us that they would bomb a house of God. You think about that. You have to be a real hateful person to bomb and destroy a house of God. And within this house of God was four little black girls who lost their lives tragically on that day. Martin Luther King Jr. in response to this came up with the idea or the suggestion that we should boycott the 1963 Christmas season because then as now, that's when America makes a great bulk of her money. And she makes a great bulk of her money off of us supporting the Christmas holiday. So Martin Luther King tried to get others to jump on board with him to boycott Christmas spending from black people in response to the murder of these four little girls where he said, if they won't respect our skin, color, if they won't respect us as a community of people, 
they will have to respect our dollars as we withdraw our dollars from spending with them and we will cripple them during the 1963 holiday Christmas season. Of course, we know that black people did not jump on board with that idea from our brother Martin Luther King. And we continue to spend and we continue to spend now. But Martin Luther King was trying to get us to see that our power is in our economics. Our power is in our money and our unity of using our money. And if we would have withdrew from a 1963 Christmas season, they would have gotten a good point to know that we mean business. And when you take money away from the oppressor, you get the oppressor attention. One of our great pioneers in the nation of Islam, Minister Abdul Rahman Muhammad, told Muhammad Ali that money is the white man's God. When Muhammad Ali was going up against his big fight against Sonny Liston in 1964, when the promoters found out he was a Muslim and a member of the nation of Islam, they wanted to withdraw from the fight and deny him the right to fight for the championship against Sonny Liston. And unless he denounced and denied the nation of Islam and being a Muslim, which Muhammad Ali didn't do and wouldn't do at that time. And Minister Abdul Rahman Muhammad, who was his Muslim mentor, told him that they can't make money without you. You got the power. Stand your ground. And money is the white man's God. That if you stand your ground, they will begin to see that they're beginning to lose money. And they will come around and compromise and make a way. And that's exactly what happened. When Muhammad Ali wouldn't bend his knees, the promoters came back around with a compromise. They say, well, while we are promoting the fight, just don't say anything about being a Muslim or the nation until after the fight. And we'll go on with our regular program. And we know the rest of the story. Muhammad Ali beat Sunday Liston. And the next day he announced he was a Muslim and a member of the Nation of Islam. But he didn't bow or bend his knees because he knew that money and the fear of loss of money made them come around to where he wanted them to go. And Martin Luther King was trying to teach us the same principle of the 1963 Christmas boycott that we could have got a big attention from them if we would have used our economic dollars. And now it's 53 years later, and the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, after the 20th anniversary of the Million Man March, 10-10-15, he introduced to us the strategy of up with Jesus, down with Santa. Up with Jesus, down with Santa. Because Santa is falsehood, Santa is pagan, but Jesus is righteousness, truth, the way, and the door. So he told us, uplift Jesus, down with Santa, down with the overconsumption of materialism, down with going broke and maxing our credit cards out and getting payday loans and robbing Paul to pay Peter and robbing Peter back to pay Paul. He said, down with giving all our monies to these wicked retailers and this world who does not respect black lives and does not give justice to black lives and does not honor black lives. So he was teaching us the principle that Martin Luther King tried to do 53 years prior 
to show that our economic withdrawal during a season where they make most of their money or a lot of their money would cripple them and would make them bow to our demands and force them to have to consider us another kind of way. So isn't it interesting that it's the Muslim 53 years later after Martin Luther King, who is uplifting that principle that Martin Luther King tried to bring to us? Isn't it interesting that the Muslim is the one who's telling the world, let's uplift Jesus during this season and put away the falsehood of Santa Claus and reindeer and snowmen and lying to our children on December 24th? It's the Muslim in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan who is uplifting Jesus and encouraging the community to be about Jesus and condemn and put away the falsehood that's been attributed to Jesus in our love of Jesus and in our striving to be followers of Jesus. Satan then put a trick in there to deceive us and take us off the path of Jesus in the name of Jesus. That's a real devil. That's a real Satan to trick you in the name of God, in the way of God, in the way of righteousness. So we have to consider those things that Martin Luther King was not just a dreamer or a man who wanted little black boys and little white boys and little white girls and little black girls to hold hands together. That was not his main goal. He was trying to get us to see the power of our economics and how we could attack our enemy, not with guns and not with sticks and knives, but with our economic unity during a season where they use Jesus to make billions and millions of dollars that we can attack them and make and get their attention. So think about that family. And we're celebrating and uplifting a holiday by people who hate our guts and hate our shadow and hate our very presence. As I said, the Bible mentions, do not envy the oppressor, nor choose any of his ways. So if we are choosing the ways of the oppressor, we have to let those ways go of the oppressor. On this episode, I just want to go into understanding December the 25th, because on the last couple of episodes, I have been pointing out the pagan history and roots of the Christmas holiday, the Christmas tree, the um, the lights, the uh, the Santa Claus, the whole period of time that is all has pagan roots, which comes from the Europeans, which they have updated now and put Jesus' name on top of their pagan practices. But it's still the same end and same result because we're doing wickedness, frivolity, and craziness but we're just doing it in Jesus' name versus in the old pagan gods' names. But we're going to correct that today because when you know better, you do better. So many may say, okay, I agree with you that there's a lot of paganism that's going on that have been incorporated into the Christmas holidays. There's a lot of wickedness, and I don't. I agree with you about the tree. I agree with you about the lights. But I'm still going to celebrate December 25th because it's Jesus' birthday. Not necessarily. Not so. So even if you take away the paganism, even if you take away the falsehood and the other heathen practices that's been put into it with the tree and the decorated with silver and gold and 
all of that Santa Claus stuff. December 25th is not the birthday of Jesus. There's no historical record anywhere that states Jesus was born on December the 25th. The very Bible that you love to brag and claim, I go by the Bible. Your holy Bible does not even tell you Jesus was born on December the 25th. It suggests that Jesus was born in the fall because it says that Jesus was born during a time where the shepherds were keeping watch at night. And if you know, like I know, that at night, the temperature drops. It gets colder at night. And you have to think that this season that it say Jesus was born, the shepherds was out by night keeping watch. Now, you know, when it's cold, I'm talking about black folks. When it's cold, you ain't going to be outside watching nothing. You're going to be in your home under some heat watching TV, but you ain't going to be out just standing around hanging, watching anything. So we cannot believe that shepherds were out in December the 25th or in that time period um, with, with sheep watching anything or just chilling. So this season that Jesus was born, it had to be, historians say, closer to a more moderate temperature like the fall time period. Some even said the summer, but the Arm of Elijah Hummett taught us the fall that Jesus was born on the first or second week in September. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look and see if there is any truth to what Brother Mustafa is saying, or is he just talking some junk? I got a few articles I want to read to you from what may be considered reputable sources. And I encourage you to do your own research because that's one of the things that was impressed upon me when coming into the Nation of Islam. Whenever I went to a meeting, they would always tell me, now don't take what we're saying on for face value, even though what we're saying is the truth. They would always tell me, go back and do your own research. That way you can come to your own conclusion that this is the truth and not just because we're saying it's the truth. And I've that was just always drilled into me to always do my own independent research. Even though what they were saying was actual facts and truth, I was still taught, don't accept anything on face value. You go do your research. So I'm encouraging you, just because I say this, and I promote these sources that support what I'm saying, you go do your own research. You go Google, was Jesus born on December the 25th? You go Google um, the actual birthday of Jesus and see what it comes up with. And I'm sure it will agree with what I'm saying, but you have to make that conclusion for yourself. Let's read from Newsweek magazine. This is from December the 24th, 2018. And the article title is, Is December the 25th really the day Jesus was born? What the Bible says about Christmas. Let's read. Though Christmas has become a retail extravaganza, its holiday roots lie in the celebration of the birth of Jesus, who the Christian religion regard as the Son of God. But was Jesus really born on December 25th? The short answer is no. It is not believed Jesus was born on the day Christmas is globally celebrated. Instead, 
Christmas was chosen as a convenient celebratory day on the same day of a pagan holiday that celebrated the winter solstice, according to the History Channel. The holiday was celebrated as the Roman pagan solstice or the birthday of the unconquered sun, which began on December 17th and ended December 25th. Furthermore, uh, as for, okay, according to the author William Walsh, as published in the 1970 book, The Story of Santa Claus, the Christian decision to use December 25th as the global holiday to celebrate the birth of Jesus came about as a way to hopefully convert pagans to Christianity. It was seen as a compromise between opposing beliefs. So this article in Newsweek is bearing witness that the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was not born on December 25th. This was a day that the pagans celebrated and worshipped their sun god. This was a day where they had drunkenness and parties and enjoyment for the celebration of the sun god. And when Christianity was adopted by the Romans, Constantine and the boys, then the son of God, Jesus Christ, replaced the sun God on December 25th. But the same frivolity carried on because, as I said in an earlier episode, we still get drunk. We still have festival. We still party and shake and jug and boog on December the 25th. So we just changed the gods that was celebrated on December 25th, but this has become a day of drunkenness, merriness, and other frivolity. Another article. This is from the Washington Post, which is considered a reputable source by many, but still do your own research. And this is an article titled, Why is Christmas on December the 25th? It wasn't always. This is a very revealing article. There's a lot to read, so just bear with me. An instructive relic of the long struggle is preserved in our festival of Christmas, which the church seems to have borrowed directly from its heathen rival. In the Julian calendar, the 25th of December was reckoned the winter solstice, and it was regarded as the nativity of the sun because the day begins to lengthen and the power of the sun to increase from that turning point of the year. The ritual of nativity, as it appears to have been celebrated in Syria and Egypt, was remarkable. The celebrants retired into certain inner shrines from which at midnight they issued with a loud cry, the virgin has brought forth, the light is waxed. The Egyptians even represented the newborn sun by the image of an infant, which on his birthday, the winter solstice, they brought forth and exhibited to his worshipers. No doubt the virgin who thus conceived and bore a son on the 25th of December was the great oriental god goddess whom the Semites called the heavenly virgin or simply the heavenly goddess. In the Semitic lands, she was a form of Astarte. Now Mithra was regularly identified by his worshipers with the sun, the unconquered sun as they called him, Hence, his nativity also fell on the 25th of December. The Gospels say nothing as to the day of Christ's birth, and accordingly, the early church did not celebrate it. 
in time, however, the Christians of Egypt came to regard the 6th of January as the date of nativity and the custom of commemorating the birth of the Savior on that day gradually spread until about the 4th century it was universally established in the East. But at the end of the 3rd or the beginning of the 4th century, the Western Church, which had never recognized the 6th of January as the date of nativity, adopted the 25th of December as the true date, and in time its decision was accepted also by the Eastern Church at Antioch. The change was not introduced to the year 375 A.D. And it goes on, it goes on, it goes on. Accordingly, along with this custom, the practice has prevailed of kindling fires to the sixth. The heathen origin of Christmas is plainly hinted at, if not tactically admitted, by Augustine when he extorts his Christian brethren not to celebrate the solemn day like the heathens on account of the sun, but on account of him who made the sun. In the manner Leo the Great rebuked the pestilent belief that Christmas was solemnized because of the birth of the new sun, as it was called, and not because of the nativity of Christ. Thus it appears that the Christian church chose to celebrate the birthday of his founder on the 25th of December in order to transfer the devotion of the heathen from the son to him who was called the son of righteousness. So this is the Washington Post corroborating with Newsweek that December 25th was not the actual birthday of Jesus. This was the birthday of the sun god and other heathen pagan gods of that time. But they transferred and put Jesus' name on top of the old pagan god worships to one, appease the pagans they was trying to convert to Christianity, and as some say, a compromise that many didn't want to give up totally their pagan ways or their heathenistic ways, but Christianity was becoming the state religion in Rome. So the state had to compromise with them by giving them a little and give us a little and we compromise in the middle. So the paganistic ways was put in Christmas and Jesus became the new God of the December 25th worship. That's the actual facts and the actual truth that even if you decide to take away the symbols of falsehood in the Christmas tree and the lights and Santa Claus and all that, you're still not getting it exactly right in celebrating Jesus' birth on December 25th. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm not trying to be smart, but that's the actual fact. There's no history anywhere that supports a birth of Jesus on December 25th. But if you're going to Acknowledge it on December the 25th, still after knowing that is not the birthday, at least do it in righteousness. That's all I'm saying. If, in, if you're going to celebrate December 25th as the birthday of Jesus, do it for real, for real, as we say. Don't get drunk. Don't get high. Don't eat ham. Don't lie. Don't be engrossed in materialism. Don't be making you max out your credit cards. Don't be partying and boogieing and doing all type of things of a party mentality and a party nature. 
Work on becoming righteous on December 25th. Work on becoming a holy man, a holy woman, a righteous son, a righteous daughter of God on December the 25th. And if you do that, then you can sell it to me and I'll walk with you in Christmas if you're using it for righteous purposes. So that's some of the things that I just wanted to point out to us on this episode on whose birthday is December the 25th and how Martin Luther King was showing us that if this is their big economic salvation season, then if they refuse to give us freedom, justice, and equality, respect, and treat us right, then we should hit them where it hurts and that's hit them in their pockets. And the only man that is uplifting that as a principle in modern times is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. As he says, up with Jesus, down with Santa. Up with Jesus, down with Santa. So it's the Muslim minister in the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan who is bringing dignity and respect and honor back to Jesus that the world has used Jesus' name to shield their dirty practices. They have used Jesus' name to build a billion-dollar economic empire during Christmas. They have used Jesus' name and exploited people's love for Jesus to rip your pockets off and to go into their coffers and make themselves rich. But it's the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan who is standing up and telling the people, toss the falsehood to the side. Get rid of the falsehood. Uplift the pure example and righteousness of Jesus. Because Jesus would not want you going broke and poor to enrich the already rich and the bloodsuckers of the poor. So on this episode, as we get ready to end, as I say, when you know better, you will do better. And when you know truths and lies have been exposed, then you have to make a choice. And you are in the valley of decision. And right now, you might be in a valley of decision. Because I'm not telling you not to love Jesus. I'm not telling you not to revere Jesus. I'm not telling you not to walk with Jesus. I'm not telling you not to be like Jesus. I'm telling you that Jesus' enemies have come into his straight path. And the biggest place for a devil to hide is in the bosom of God, in the way of God, because in the path of God, they can lead you in other ways other than the ways of God. And Jesus' enemies have used his name and have deceived many in the name of Jesus. And if you don't, and if you think that I'm tripping or talking some craziness, let's look at the criteria that Jesus laid down. He said, beware of wolves in sheep clothing. So there are those who Jesus said are actually wolves, but they come in sheep clothing. You know the nature of a wolf and a sheep are different. That a sheep or sheep are humble. They're easily led. They're humble, basically. But a wolf is a vicious beast and animal, something that would tear you apart. So there are people 
who have a wolf-like nature, that they just, they're vicious, but they come in the clothing of the humble sheep. That's how they deceive you. See, you, you go to them and you think, oh, that's a nice sheep. Wow, that's a nice human being. But when you get into their presence, then they rip off them sheep clothes and show that they are a vicious wolf. And by then it's too late because they devour you. So Jesus said, beware of men who come to you as wolves in sheep clothing. Next, Jesus said that you shall know a tree by the fruit that it bears. For a good tree can give, bad, give birth to a bad fruit and a bad tree can give fruit to a uh, good fruit. Bad can give good fruit. Excuse me, I've got my words mixed up, pardon me. But he's saying you should know a tree by the fruit that it bears, basically. So if your fruit is of the devil and of Satan, then your tree is the devil or Satan. But if we look at your fruit and see that your fruit is of God, of righteousness, of peace, then that tree has to be of God. So we have to look at how this Christmas celebration and the fruit that it's producing. Is it producing peace, joy, and goodwill toward men on earth? Or has this become a selfish, indulgent celebration that's about enriching others? and keeping you broke. That's all I'm saying. Love Jesus. Walk with Jesus. But don't be no fool for the people who are the enemies of Jesus and let them keep you poor, broke, lonely, and out of doors and about to get your lights cut off in January because you ran all them damn lights in December. So family, I'll see you on another episode of this podcast and this message of why I celebrate Christ, but not Christmas. I will continue to celebrate Christ, but don't bring me that Christmas. Don't bring me a false date of Jesus. Don't bring me a Christmas tree in the name of Jesus. Don't bring me no ham, honey-baked ham in the name of Jesus. Don't bring me Santa Claus in the name of Jesus. Bring me righteousness in the name of Jesus. Bring me peace in the name of Jesus. Bring me self-development in the name of Jesus. Bring me upliftment in the name of Jesus. Bring me holiness in the name of Jesus. But keep that falsehood to yourself. So peace, family. I will see you on another episode soon.